Great morning, everyone, and welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Shalini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you today. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to how you utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. His name is John McCarthy. John is an entrepreneur and purpose guide who was dedicated to walking disengaged workers toward their purpose. He is also an author. He has written a fabulous book entitled The Purpose Promise. How to find purpose and joy in your work. Hello and welcome to Thank God for Monday, John. Well, good morning, Brother Greg. It's a pleasure to be here with you. The honor is all ours. Sadly, we just have about 30 minutes, so it's okay with you. We're going to jump right into the deep end of the pool. You have done an incredible job of integrating your faith into your work. Tell us a bit about your passion for integrating your faith in your work, please, John. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, that word integrating really is pivotal in my life's journey. Um, when we have a passion for the Lord the way we do, we don't want to conform to the world, but to be transformed, right, by the renewal of our mind. And uh, work is an amazing opportunity to do just that. And though the constructs of the work world often tell us that we need to compartmentalize our faith from our work. And it's just a lie. It's not true. And I found great joy in my journey to really understand what it looks like to integrate my work and my faith. And now I'm finding amazing joy in being able to steward that gift and disciple others into the journey to figure out how that looks for them uniquely. And it really is unique for each and every one of us. And uh, my hope is in our time today, we can kind of ring that out and bring some practical tips for our audience. Thank you so much, John. We are so lucky to have someone of your real fun. Thank God for Monday this morning. Now, this great book you've written, The Purpose Promise, How to Find Purpose and Joy in Your Work. And naturally, you speak so much of purpose. Can you unpack what that word means to you? Because indeed, it can mean different things to different people. Sure. Yeah. The the easy definition we have for the word purpose is the integration of all of the most important aspects of who you are uniquely into your work. So, you know, as all passions start, yeah, it's a personal story and it's been a journey for me to really um, just be contemplated with the Lord about how he made me, how he sees me. And how he's made me to operate in the work world. And 
you know, we in our smaller community here, we talk about markets, marketplace ministry. It's a different way to look at vocational calling when you've been gifted to be a marketplace leader. And again, if we just conform to the world standards of that, which are often telling you that a marketplace person is just supposed to go out there and make as much money or grow companies or something, we're going to have impact that looks like the world. But if we realize we are ministers with the gifts that the Lord has uh, in us, then we are going to have impact for the kingdom of God through our marketplace ministry. And so this word purpose is really figuring out, though, how do I intentionally want to live my life? in stewarding the gifts, in stewarding the relationships that the Lord's put us in, in stewarding the uh, the experiences that we've been through, through our vocational journey, and really integrating that into the season of work that we find ourselves in. It's an awesome joy, and the Purpose Promise has been a, an amazing gift to that process. Oh, it sounds that way, no doubt about it. Now, it's very interesting, if I understand correctly, you share that there is purpose with a capital P, but also purpose with a lowercase p. Tell us more about these, please. Yeah, really important distinction. I mean, this word purpose, Brother Greg, gets thrown around a lot. You know, it's uh, it's talked about in church environments. It's talked about in the business world, in the self-help world. And so to unpack it in a way that is practical and applicable, I think is really important for each and every person. So when we talk about capital P purpose, we talk about our main vocational calling, which is to love God with all of our heart, mind and soul and to love our neighbor as ourself. And there's three components of that. There's three relationships that is that are uh, paramount in, in that capital P purpose, right? The Great Commission for us is that we need to first love God. Our relationship with our Father is the absolute starting point of being a marketplace minister and in living out your full capital P purpose. And then we think that the next relationship is loving our neighbor. But if you look at that really closely, it's loving our neighbor as ourself. So there's a piece of this of understanding what does self-love look like and I believe this is actually one of the most important pieces for, for marketplace people because so often they don't really know how to rest. They don't know how to refuel. They don't know how to gain the strength they need to be a marketplace minister. And the truth is, Brother Greg, we can't love others unless we know how to love ourselves because it says love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is a neat, this is part of the journey that we're on and, and, and learning how to do this every single day and then discipling the processes. What, what does self-love look like? What are the boundaries you need for yourself and your relationships with your work and rest ratio? All of these components go into our capital P purpose so that we're the fullest person to be a vessel for the Lord wherever we are. So that is the capital P purpose. I want to make sure I understand something you said, that our ability to love others is very dependent on how we feel about ourselves, our love for ourselves. Can you peel the onion? Do I understand that correctly, Johnny? This is very important, not only for me, but I'm sure for the listeners as well. Can you unpack that a little more for us, please? Yes, sir. And, you know, I think 
even the desire to have impact in the world is a, you know, obviously a very pious desire. And though if we are not taking care of ourselves, we can be running on empty tanks. We can sometimes be making decisions and trying to love others from a place of fear and not love. I believe at the root, every decision is based on either fear or love. And like, you know, you look at everything that's going on in the world right now and how much subconscious fear there is in all of our spirits. And if we don't really wrestle through those components, then we could be operating an effort to try to love, but we're not going to have the capacity to love if we haven't worked through those things on our own. So this this season is a really great example of how a great leader can step into loving themselves to analyzing what are some of my greatest fears that we're dealing with, with everything that's going on in the world. And am I letting that fear drive me or am I having disciplines in my life, intentionality to make sure that I'm rooted in faith and love comes back to the core relationship with our father, right? So, you know, it's interesting, this desire to want to have impact, this desire to want to be a marketplace minister. And people always ask me, well, how do you do that? Well, there's only one way. First, you have to have the intentionality to spend time with your loving father so you can feel loved. So you can gain sources of truth that aren't of this world. So your prayer time, your scripture time, your sacraments, um, the great gifts that we have in our faith walk are the absolute pivotal reception for the posture of loving well. You know, it's funny with the gifts that we have in our Catholic faith, they're really not great gifts if we don't receive them. I was reminded of this the other day when I gave my daughter a gift and she didn't use it. And I'm thinking, well, now it's just a heavy paperweight, right? (laughs) And so how we as faith-filled Catholic business leaders Leverage and utilize the wonderful gifts of our faith is the first step in living out our capital P purpose. Wow, that is totally amazing. You've done such a beautiful job explaining to the listeners and me about the capital P. Did you say, though, that there's also a lowercase p purpose, John? Sure, brother. Yes, we've got, uh, we all have specific opportunities in our lives and, and in the role that we play and, and some of them just to back uh, backtrack and give the audience a little bit more uh, awareness of our, our, my vocational journey is I steward a restaurant management recruiting company where we walk with job seekers to try to find the right position and the right position in the right environment at the right time is our lowercase p. When we have our capital P purpose uh, for foremost in our mind, then it's okay. Well, what do we do with that from a day to day standpoint beyond the, the rituals and the disciplines that we need to, to stay in our capital P purpose? How do we then leverage our gifts in the right environment for the right impact and for the right people? So that's the lowercase p purpose. So distinguishing the two from a standpoint of how you get into your lowercase p purpose, right? The right vocational calling is important from how you actually have a posture of being on purpose. And so we love walking with people into both of them. But the lowercase p purpose has a lot to do with the psychology of what we think of success. 
And this is just, we're a student of this. It's so fascinating, Brother Greg. You know, the way that our minds work is that we behave in a way based on our thoughts and feelings. And our thoughts and feelings are based on our beliefs. And our beliefs very typically are derived from our memories. And so what's so commonplace in the work world when people are looking for purposeful employment, lowercase p, is they'll go out onto a job board, indeed.com or monster.com, and they'll look at a job description. And they'll like six out of eight bullet points on that job description. So they'll hit apply. And then they might get that job. They might not. But essentially, psychologically, what that's what that does is it's saying, I am what is out there. And so we're letting the constructs of the world define our lowercase p, our lowercase purpose, right? This is really something so enlightening. And maybe this ties into the next question, because. I spent 30 years in the corporate world prior to becoming a Franciscan brother of Brooklyn. And I saw that there were a lot of people, including myself often, who didn't love my work. Why do so many people not be in love with their work today? Yes, sir. Well, it has to do with this success uh, definition and the fact that we adopt our view of success based on some memory of what success looks like to us, probably rooted in our childhood memories. You know, whether it was a coach, a parent, whether it was a teacher, somebody that we thought, that's the type of person I want to be. And though, Greg, that often lies in the subconscious and people don't realize where they created their belief around what success is. And the thing that's so fascinating that we get to walk with uh, individuals at the Purpose Promise is the family of origin motivation. So most all the time, somebody has a belief about what success is or success isn't based on the family of origin that they grew up in. And yet it's very rare that somebody understands fully how that came to be and what that means for their individual view on success because God made us all uniquely different and we cannot adopt our view of success based on what we've experienced or what the world tells us success is. So the deep dive into memory and to understand and reframe what success looks like based on our whole life and our life's hopes and dreams is a worthy cause to help us get into our lowercase p purpose. Wow. This is making total sense. No question about that. Now, I think I have the $64 million question now for you, John, please. How do we engage people to explore their purpose, to get them excited about this lowercase p, uppercase p, and really get them on board here? Help us out, please. Sure. Well, the big easy answer is together. You know, in the church, we talk a lot about discipleship. And the truth about discipleship is it usually starts with a felt need. 
this has been catalytic in my walk and understanding the Great Commission and how God has gifted to us, particularly those of us in the Purpose Promise organization, to run after a specific felt need in a discipleship posture. And so what we do is we say, here's the felt need. The felt need is that people don't love their work and work is a form of worship. And we've experienced certain things that we want to steward towards people understanding that and gaining the awareness they need so that they can find capital P purpose and lowercase P or lower, lowercase purpose. And though, Greg, it's really hard to do alone. You know, as we all see, life is not meant to do alone. And the biggest parts of life are certainly not meant to conquer alone. And this is a big piece of the puzzle. So we we just love the fact that we're, you know, we created a book and a workbook and, you know, we, we just want to tell everyone our secret sauce. It's not, it's really not <laughs> rocket science, but it is hard work. And it's best done with somebody who is spiritually mature, that is spiritually gifted in direction. And that has gone through the process themselves of redefining what success looks like for them and really changed the way that they look at work as a form of worship. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's an amazing discipleship process and a blessing to be a part of. I thank God for Monday listeners know that I'm a terrible reader, but this book is so beautifully written. It is incredible, but yet in its simplicity. And even someone like me, who's not the best of readers, could read it, digest it, understand it, take it to heart and put into practice uh, the wonderful perspective uh, that you're sharing. Now, if you don't mind, John, I want to push back just a bit because I've heard you use the word disciple a couple of times. And if I perceive correctly, you have the opinion or the thought process that one can be disciples at work. Do you really believe this? Share with us more, please. Oh, absolutely. One of the biggest game changer for me uh, on the word, the big word, you know, so we got big words here. We got purpose. We got discipleship. Who knows what we'll throw out next, right, Brother Greg? Is Luke 10, when Jesus sends out the 72. And the process that he tells the 72 to follow is so telling about how we can disciple in every arena of our life, but certainly at work. He says, first, go bless the home that you're sent to. So how about, Brother Greg, if I am at work and there's a person in the cubicle to my right, there's a person in a cubicle to my left, and I have a desire to see them know the Lord. Here I am fired up about work as a form of worship, and I see, and it's a hypothetical example, but probably commonplace, I see that they really don't like work. So I have a place there. God has positioned me in the middle of these two individuals that really could have a richer life if they saw work as a wonderful part of their life. So what if instead of just running towards them and, and throwing a Bible at them, what if I pray for them? Wow. That's the first step that Jesus tells us to do in great discipleship. Pray for them. And what the Lord can do with our prayers and intercession is greater than what we can do on our own. I mean, I know we know that. But do we really exercise that muscle from a standpoint of discipleship? And then Jesus goes on and he says, go in and eat and drink with them what they feed you. Mm, so much to unpack there. But what I hear in that is be a great friend, fellowship, 
You know, don't push your agenda. Don't push the food you want to eat. Just meet them where they are. And what a valuable, I mean, you know, again, we know these things, but to put them in practice takes some discipline and some intentionality. And so we have a desire to see the person in the cubicle to the left, cubicle to the right. Let's pray first. Then let's fellowship wisely with them, meeting them where they are, not where we think they should be or where where the Lord could take them. Just be a vessel of the Lord through prayer, good fellowship. And then Jesus says, heal the sick among them. Now, again, you know, loaded. Right. But what I hear there is listen for that felt need after you build that trust through prayer and fellowship. They might confide in you about their marriage or, you know, their, their difficulty at home or their addiction or, you know, you fill in the blank and you then have an opportunity to love them the way they need to be loved through the posture of your uppercase P purpose, your relationship with the father. You are a vessel for the father in this moment. And then the last thing Jesus says is then after you feel the sick and really minister to them. Tell them the kingdom of God is near. Oh, what a four pack that is. That really, really is amazing. Certainly, Listeners, for anyone who's just tuned in, welcome to Thank God for Monday with a weekly talk show about the workplace here on WSOU 89.5 FM locally streamed around the world at www.wsou.net. I'm Brother Greg from the class of 85. Much more important than me today, a great guest. He is named John McCarthy. He's written an amazing book, The Purpose Promise, How to Find Purpose and Joy in Your Work. And we are talking all about purpose. We're talking about joy in the workplace, being a disciple at work. And many of our listeners here at Seton Hall University and literally around the world are college students. And we have a lot of college graduates, naturally the class of 2021, still looking for work, still thinking about planning their career. Might you have a tidbit or two, John, of advice for someone who's from the class of 2021 about planning their career? Yeah, thanks, Brother Greg. I uh, I met with a group of college students yesterday um, who are taking what we have done with the Purpose Promise, whose target audience is reaching the unfulfilled worker and helping walking them in to understand what their purpose is and then how to find and obtain purposeful employment. And there's such a need there because what we've realized, Brother Greg, is we're typically working with people who, uh, this may be a little extreme, but are just a little pre-midlife crisis, right? You know, they, they've run after something and essentially they've realized, wow, that's not what success looks like. And then we get to kind of help them reframe that and then find the purpose that they're, uh, they're, they're supposed to be called to. But in the college, I mean, why not start earlier? <laughs> you know, I mean, it begs the question after you do this with so many people that have spent 20 years in a career where now they look back and say, that wasn't the right fit for me. It's like, why don't we bake more vocational discernment in the college age group? So it's very appropriate that we'd be speaking to this because we're passionate about molding this process, this retreat process. And so the, the big answer there is don't follow the constructs of the world to think that you're going to find success. You are uniquely built, new college grad, and and God has amazing things for you. And though, retreat into it. 
His voice in his direction is the most important direction you're going to receive in your career counseling. And don't just let the standards of the world. Brother Greg, I'm a big fan of, of career counselors in the collegiate arena. But what we tend to do is take these quantitative assessments that will spit out a number, uh, a letter, a color, and say, here's the five careers that you're probably going to be good at based on your just your skills. And yet there's so much more, as we've already talked about, to purpose than just your abilities. It has to do the constructs of where you view success. Where did you pick those up along the way? And so I believe the best thing that a new college graduate can do is, yes, take those quantitative assessments that will tell you a lot about some of your giftings, but go to the qualitative. The qualitative deep dive is looking at your life and, and walking with the Lord into what did you, what have I been through? What have my experiences been that teach me about what I should or shouldn't do? How can I take the experiences of my life and reframe uniquely what I know to be about success as opposed to adopting it from the world standards or somewhere along your path that you might not be too aware of? What great advice for someone just coming out of a university or college. Now, you mentioned also, if I perceive correctly, you work with those maybe who are a bit more seasoned, uh, maybe 20 years into their career. And sadly, as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of people who have been in the workforce for 20 years who are just disengaged, unfulfilled, not coming home, feeling real good about themselves. Maybe a piece of advice or two for them, please, John. Yeah, well, probably the elephant in the room on this one, folks, is that you can change. We talked about the the psychological reality of what people often do when they're changing jobs and essentially just believing they want to get what is out there. And that perpetuates the issue so often. The other piece is just looking at what you've done and saying, that's what I am. There's never been a better time in history to utilize transferable skills. The way that the labor market is right now and the ability to pivot into different industries creates an environment where people can absolutely move into different career paths that are going to be more suitable for their purpose. And so it's exciting to, first off, give hope to those that have been in a certain career for 20 years and believe that that's the only path. And Greg, I, you know, there's so much that, that there's, we don't have enough time to completely unpack this, but if you have a credential, let's say like that, this is very commonplace. Let's say you have your accounting degree and you've been an accountant and you think I am an accountant. Well, you're putting in an identity on yourself that isn't necessarily true. First off, you're a child of God. And we know that with God, everything is possible. And these skills are completely transferable. And so, you know, it, the first thing I just want to say to somebody that might be listening that's in that season of life is have some hope because we have experienced thousands of people that have gone through this process and completely changed their way, that changed their way in their career and found more purposeful employment. So it's, it's very, very likely. Thank you for that. Sadly, John, believe it or not, time is getting a bit short, but we still have a couple of important questions to ask. How can people learn more about their purpose, capital P, and how to integrate their faith at work? Sure. 
I think the first thing uh, is to really, really embrace our liturgy on Sunday and start asking the question, how are these readings, this, the truth of Scripture and the beauty of Jesus in the Eucharist, how are these applying to my Monday? How do these readings speak to the struggles that the world has been in for for since the beginning of time about how to live out our capital P purpose and how to find lowercase p purpose? Don't look past the gift of the liturgy and the Eucharist that we have to transform your life in, into a better setting. We've saved the most important question for last, John. Where can our loyal listeners purchase the purpose promise? How can they best follow you, please? Yes, sir. Well, PurposePromise.org. Of course, at your local bookstores or Amazon, wherever you find your books or listen to your books. And, you know, more so, just know that we've got a ton of free resources that are out there. Our podcast as well, Purpose Promise Podcast, just for readers to get their mind around this. This is a very unique construct to the world and to the work world, even those that have been following in the faith journey their whole lives. So we realize that and we know that it's intimate and deep. And uh, that's what we're excited about walking with you on. Terrific. Did you want to give that website? Is there a specific www, John, you'd like to share with the listeners? Sure. Yeah. Again, Brother Greg, just purposepromise.org and you'll find us. Terrific. Very. Couldn't be easier than that, listeners. Please, please do yourself a favor. Pick up this great book, The Purpose Promise, one for you. Don't hesitate to give it to someone you work with. No doubt about it. Or uh, I'm going to be so bold if you're a supervisor or manager, buy a whole bunch for your team. Share. And what a great way to talk about things of this nature. After you've done buying the book and checking out John's website, don't hesitate to remember, we've got the Tweet Tweet, Facebook, Snappy Chat, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, check out us as well. Your feedback always, listeners. We love on guests and comments on shows, all things of that nature, etc. John McCarthy, author of this great book, The Purpose Promise, How to Find Purpose and Joy in Your Work. We can't thank you enough for enjoying uh, joining us today and thank God for Monday. We've been enlightened. We've been much more inspired to go out and make sure we live our purpose, capital P, we find our purpose, capital P, and small p, and really live the life that we've been created to live. So continued success, joy, and tremendous contribution in all this fabulous work that you're doing. Thank you, Brother Greg. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like John McCarthy does, you'll say, Thank God for Monday.